Hey Sedbury, Dave Kurt, broker of record with Lake City Realty, coming at you with another episode of the Sudbury Real Estate Podcast. Well, I took last week off. I feel like I've said that a few times this summer, but I do apologize and I hope it's, I've been enjoying this summer as much as you have been enjoying the summer. That's for sure. And it definitely feels this year, and I know I'm gonna say this every year, but it feels like summer has been moving and fast forward. We are literally preparing to flip the calendar on July into August, and it won't be long until we start getting ready for our back to school shopping for our kids. The slowdown we are seeing in the market isn't just a reflection of the changes at the Bank of Canada, We've talked about this numerous of times in the last few weeks and few months, um, and the, the Bank of Canada as well as the Fed in the US, but they continue to make interest rate changes. But it's also clearly a reflection of families taking time and taking a break from everyday life and getting out on the holidays, which is absolutely amazing. I talked about it, how we went traveling with my family for the, for the first two weeks of July, really just enjoying ourselves as much as we can. The world economy feels rockier than ever. I've been more and more addicted to Twitter and to Reddit to kind of keep in touch with whatever the, the local news is happening, but Russia just turned off the faucet of oil to Europe as the entire continent is hoping that they have a mild winter, keeping their fingers crossed basically and hoping and wishing. They're, clear, they're even taking precautions now to conserve fuel and oil going into the winter months. The US numbers today just came out on GDP which earlier today showed us that they're in the second straight quarter of negative GDP, which historically has defined things as a recession. Uh, well, that was up until Biden's White House changed the definitions of what a recession was just earlier this week. In Canada, we're, we're celebrating receiving our $300 energy rebates in the mail last week. I talked about this consistently with my family and uh, some extended family. Like They're like, oh, we're, we get to celebrate. We got this, this energy rebate, this extra money in the mail. But our debt's piling up. And one thing that I've read and I just find so fascinating is we're worried about interest payments on our mortgages and our line of credits going up. Canada has the biggest debt of all. The interest alone on our national debt by next year is projected to be $45 billion per year. Yeah, that's the interest on our country's credit card just to keep up with things. Just to put that in perspective, the entire cost of old age security across the entire country is 59 billion. That's how much trouble we're in as interest rates tick up as a country. So that $300,000 mortgage you might have, sure, you might be in tough, but as a country, Canada's even more trouble with the amount of debt that we've taken on. Locally, we're in a bit of a lull in a news cycle. We're gearing up for municipal elections and a mayor race that's, I think, gonna be one of the most interesting ones we've seen in recent memory. It seems like there's enough frustration against Bigger that this time around, he may be making room for a new incumbent in the office of the mayor. The never-ending Laurentian saga continues to play out. The most recently, the report shows that the creditors are going to receive between 14 and 24% of what they're owed. Those of the creditors include former faculty and staff who are owed severance pay, as well as retirees whose benefit program was cancelled. Where is Laurentian getting this money to even pay out those creditors, this 25% on, 25 cents on the dollar? 
is the cash injection they're actually getting from the sale of assets from Laurentian University to the province. What does that mean? That means that they're selling the building and land to the province. The clause that's actually in this, this offer is Laurentian will be allowed to continue to use and occupy the real estate land or buildings. That would not be the case if the real estate assets were sold to third parties, Jay. We are still a long ways away from seeing the end of this Laurentian saga locally, I believe. On a real estate front, we had an uptick in sales this last week. The new listing stayed pretty flat, but still more new listings and sales. But the most notable number we are seeing this week is the decrease in number of multiple offers. Anecdotally, we've seen this play out for the last few weeks. And finally, it's showing up in the weekly stats that the market has slowed. Our last week's stats, we had 59 sales. That's compared to 47 sales just a week before. 18 conditional pending deals, and that matches the number from the week before. 30 of those 59 deals happened in multiple offers, so 50%. 70 new listings, so again, 11 new listing, 11 more listings than there was sales in the market this week. And that brought our total listings from 271 last week to 274 this week. So ever upticking towards that 300 number. But what are my five takeaways for the week? As always, I'm gonna dive into them. Takeaway number one, wow. For since the first time since April of 2021, we are seeing the percentage of multiple offers go back to half. Just a month ago, we were at 80% of the listings selling in multiple offers, and now we're down to 50. And actually, it feels like it should be lower than that as well. It's a tough market. And the number of agents who have continued to underprice listings is expediting the discovery of a floor price in the current marketplace. A lot of agents expect to sell a house in eight hours or eight days. They don't realize that the normal way of selling houses can take weeks or even months. Takeaway two, it's the return of the, ah, wait, no, wait, you didn't. Yep, it's the return of the offers that are conditional and things like even conditions on buyers selling their homes. We're seeing this especially in higher price points play out and especially on listings that have been on the market for more than 10 days. We've seen a number of them in our office over the last few weeks, and it's refreshing to have them back as a tool to make buyers feel more comfortable and safe about putting offers in on homes, which is an amazing position to be in. A word of caution though, in the old marketplace, we saw these conditions work out 50% of the time before a buyer would be quote unquote bumped. This is where the seller accepts another offer and gives the buyer the first right of refusal over a short time period to to, to be able to decide if they wanna move ahead with their deal. The other word of caution on these small is the small details are extremely important, especially around timelines. What if the buyer offer is accepted and they, they sell their home and they can't get financing or walk away from the dream home because of the, the home inspection? Are they now gonna be homeless as their new home sold firm? Or what if they firm up on the house and they wanna buy and their buyer and their home backs away because of the home inspection or because of their financing? Have they accidentally bought both homes and will they be able to afford this at the new interest rates? A realtor guiding through the process needs to be on their A-game. And we're shifting into a market where we have 25% of realtors who have never seen these kind of conditions. I know it was a big topic for us at our latest Teaching Tuesday. And as we operate mainly as a team environment, but we really told the agents that if we were running into this for the first time or if they're, they're exercising the options for the first time, make sure you're sitting down with a broker of record or myself or somebody in the office that has the experience that we know how to guide you through it. There's a lot of intricate details right down to conditional dates, 
uh, SBP condition dates, conditional dates, and then making sure that the your title search date is going to be happening after these. There's a lot of small details that need to be looked after when putting these kind of offers on. Takeaway three. About eight weeks ago, I predicted we see the shift in the market happening where, and we were going to pop to 300 listings in no time at all. I saw the shift happening. Listings went up and the bank of Canada following through on their threats to combat inflation and the increasing rates to try to get to a breaking point for Canadians. This spikes the cost of money and, and the payments of on homes. And actually, we did have a spike at the end of June, beginning of July, where listings climbed to 288, but then back down. Sure, we've slowly been trending up and we're to the point we find ourselves this week at 274. But reflecting back on this, what I failed to see a few weeks ago when I made that prediction was that there aren't a lot of extra motivated sellers. A lot of sellers are saying if they can't deem the, get the price that they see as fair value, then they're going to cancel the listing before they take a sale price that they see as too low. This has led to more expired, cancelled, or withdrawn listings than in any time of recent times. Thus, the slow but trending increase in the number of listings. Going back to some of the Twitter following I've done in the last few weeks, one of the comments I heard that really resonated and stuck out with me is it's the power of sales. And not necessarily because of the bank took over something power of sales, but maybe somebody had passed away and they're selling the, the, the family selling off the property. It's these sales that are finding that price floor the, the fastest. And they'll typically they're motivated sellers where they're saying, we're not sticking around, we're selling and we need to sell. And if that happens, you're finding price points might be greatly under what the most recent comparables were for a neighborhood. Takeaway four for the week. Well, the big bad Fed just made their next chess move and increased the US rate three quarters of a percent this week. It's another back-to-back 0.75% rate increase. And a lot of people are predicting that this is the breaking point for the economy as they prepare for what is traditionally be called a recession. As of today, July 28th, the numbers came in this morning with a 0.9% reduction in GDP for the second straight quarter of negative growth. This, my friends, is what we historically have called a recession two negative quarters in a row of growth. That was up until Biden and the White House decided to change the definition of recession just this week. When I did my write-up, I actually point this to the point, little point in brackets, as I, I had to copy and paste this from some uh, a lot smarter people than I was. But apparently the call is up to the National Bureau of Economic Research, which defines a recession as a significant decline in economic activity lasting more than a few months. If I was a pessimistic person, I would be buying into the fear of the points, all the points above. But the optimist in me actually sees this as a positive. I see stocks across the board staying strong. There was some rumblings that after the bank can increase the rate a full 1% in our country uh, at their last rate increase, the Fed was going to follow suit in the US, which they didn't. The recession we've been talking about for what seems like months and months is finally here based on our old definition of it. But even despite all the above, there's a ton of job openings and the economy seems to be firing on all cylinders. And this is an indication that the recession could be short-lived and is not as rough as we are painting the picture for it to be. Again, this is not financial advice, just my personal observations. Even in Canada, we see we, it, the rates have been ticking up and up. We know that the rates are getting more expensive and the, the next uh, increase on the Bank of Canada is gonna be there as well. And we think it's gonna be probably at least a 0.5% increase. But I feel like as we head into the fall marketplace, if we can kind of hit a soft landing with our economic uh, numbers, 
we will see a short-lived recession in Canada. Don't get me wrong, we're not going back to 3% interest rates. We're going to be in an interest rate environment of 5 or 6% in the future. But at that point, what, what, we, what this market is craving is consistency. Right now, there's so many people that are sitting on the fence thinking that I might buy if I could find a place that was affordable to me based on payments, but there's so much fear of what's going to come down the pipeline that has these people sitting on the sidelines. When we're able to eliminate that fear and come from a position of strength and understanding that the economy is going to stay similar to what things are currently today, I think we're going to see a new injection of people enter the marketplace people that are willing and able to purchase based off rates that they feel comfortable with. Again, whatever is going to happen to price points is going to happen, but part of what's taking people out of the market and onto the sidelines right now is the fear of what is going to happen in the future. And once we can get some consistency, that's going to lead to the marketplace getting a little bit of a, a boost in it, I believe. Takeaway five though, where does the market go from here? I talked about it a few weeks ago, how sales were going to fall in the second half of this year by 40% from last year's numbers. And I still really believe in those numbers. The full stats for July will be here in the next few days, but the early indications is it's a pretty significant drop in average prices. January to May this year, we were hovering around $500,000 for an average sale price. Then June dropped us down to 489 or 490, which isn't that significant. But July, well, we've seen an almost 10% pullback in the average sale price. As of this time, I'm filming this podcast on July 28th, we're sitting at 445 for an average sale price in July. And I gotta be honest with you, this actually feels accurate for the first time that I've, I've felt in weeks. The last few weeks, I feel like the average bungalow in New Sudbury, which was selling in that in mid $400,000 price range. And for myself, when I'm thinking about an average house in Sudbury, that's the benchmark I use. A thousand square foot brick bungalow in New Sudbury that has some upgrades done, but still needs some work done. The numbers in, in May and June didn't really reflect this, showing the numbers were closer to 500. But looking at the stats this month, it feels more accurate than what I've seen play out before. I recently listened to a podcast that was highlighting how executive type homes can only pull the numbers up in the marketplace for so long. And eventually the stat that is going to shine through is the average homes will show up in the numbers and be reflected with accurate data. And that's what I think we're finding now. For a long time, the million dollar or plus homes or these, those nice executive homes were pulling up our averages, but the stats are starting to reflect the actual feel of the marketplace right now. It is a bit scary, as, I, as I've said more than a few times, that we've, we've, we, I think we still have money left to be, fall off the marketplace. I think we're, our average sale price could still fall from where it is right now. We're going to expect at least one more increase from the, from the Bank of Canada, maybe two more, taking us into the fall marketplace. And I think at that point, just as I made the point in the above, when we have some consistency and when we have some leveling out of the rates, that's when we'll get people back in the marketplace and that's when we'll find out our numbers kind of hit, hit um, find the floor to where the, those numbers will be. Early indications is that even with the real estate marketplace decreases, the overall economy is still strong and maybe even the bank in Canada can find the breaking point and start to bring inflation back as a percentage back down to earth. But if that's the case, I think we're going to see it will be successful as we'll be in a period of new normal rates, like I said, about between 5 and 6%. And if that's the case, I think that, again, we'll see a little bit more of a pullback from the 450 we sit at today, 
But at that point, we're probably in the new normal. If you're in a house and you're looking for a long time period and you can afford your payments, it's a great time to buy. There's loads of options out there. There's sellers accepting offers conditional on home inspection, financing, even selling your current home. But if you're trying to time the marketplace, that never usually works out. And if you are buying solely for an investment purpose, which again, there's a lot of people that do it, run your pro forma statements with an increase in rates and don't count on property appreciation in your analysis. Well, sitting back, that's my big bold predictions for this week. As always, Sebri, thanks for tuning in and I'd love to have your ear for next week. If you followed me this entire time, thank you, thank you, thank you guys. I have to say I'd love for anybody that sits there and listens to me for 16, 17 minutes on a, on a weekly basis, please like, review, rate, share this podcast and just keep help me keep pushing the word out. I'm trying to make you the most educated buyer and seller in the Sudbury marketplace. Until next week, Sudbury, we'll see you later.